If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. She was found frozen, mutilated, her face covered in maggots. She, a beloved teacher, a nun, of course, I'm talking about Kathy Sesnick, Sister Kathy. To this day, her murder, unsolved. Questions echoing. Did the Catholic Church cover up this horrific crime on a beautiful young nun? But more important, who murdered Sister Kathy? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories, and I want answers. Sister Kathy was reported missing when she did not return home to her apartment one evening. The apartment she shared with another nun, she had gone out to buy a gift. As I recall, a wedding gift. Her sister was getting married. It was Christmas time. Everybody was shopping. It was leading up to Christmas anyway. It was toward the end of November. And it was busy. She went to a local shopping center. And the thing that I know for sure is she went to one of her favorite bakeries. And I believe she made it to the bakery and came out of the bakery and got in her car because the fresh buns were still sitting on the seat, the passenger seat up front in her car when her car was finally located. Kathy Sesnick, sister Catherine Sesnick, was beautiful, popular, a 26-year-old young nun who had taught at an all-girls Catholic school in Baltimore. Last seen by her roommate, another young nun, when she took off that evening after she got home, November 7, Friday night. Now, Friday night, as I recall, with me, Gemma Hoskins on the story, Shane Waters, private investigator and podcaster, Karen Stark, renowned New York psychologist and crime stories investigative reporter, John Limley. To Gemma Hoskins, I'm so happy to have you with us as we try to put the pieces together of this puzzle. Um, I'm trying not to think of Sister Kathy being found in that field, her body frozen and mutilated and her face covered in maggots. 
I'm trying to focus on the night she goes missing. There was a bi-monthly ritual where both the girls, both the ladies would get their checks and they would go deposit it. And they had gotten their checks that day. I believe the checks were deposited by Sister Kathy before she went shopping at the bakery. What? What? Tell me, you're piecing together the timeline, Gemma Hoskins. Well, uh, thank you, Nancy. By the way, for having me on your program, this is an opportunity for us to keep the attention on the story because it's still a cold case. It's our understanding that Kathy came home from school and she had talked to a student that afternoon about going shopping for her sister because her sister Marilyn was getting married. She was very excited about that. So as far as we know, she went out probably around 7 to 7.30 after having dinner. Um, Sister Russell was still at the apartment. Kathy traveled not very far, maybe 10 minutes to a local shopping center in Baltimore. She did deposit her check. We do know that the money was in the bank and the receipt for that deposit is in, you know, the police have that. We do know that she bought the buns. Now the bakery was inside a large department store and it was very popular. It had a number of chains around Baltimore. It was named Muley's. And for folks who have seen the keepers, they will remember that that box of, of, buns was actually on the floor of the passenger seat and the trash can on the hump the little the little bucket that we all used to have in our cars was also knocked over to the passenger side and those crime scene photos are actually in the keepers um it's if i speculate then everybody in the world will say well Gemma knows what happened and Gemma doesn't know what happened but I do believe that someone accosted her in the car and possibly forced her over to the passenger seat. I don't know that, but that's what I'm assuming. Well, and it could have been in any way, Gemma Hoskins, because we know she cashed a $255 check just before she disappears. It was a routine trip. Mm -hmm. Either Sister Kathy or her roommate made the trip to the bank every other Friday with their paychecks from the city school system. That bakery box was on, you're saying not the front car seat as I had found, but on the floorboard of the front car seat. And and that's significant. It was on the floor. That's significant because you know what it says to me? If it were me and I were driving and I wanted to eat something from the bakery, which has happened way too many times, I would have it sitting on the seat, the passenger seat, so I could reach over and get it, not the floorboard. So why did she put it in the floorboard? It actually was still wrapped up. You can see the box. It's tied with cord in both directions. It's not mashed. It's, it's you know, intact. And it is on the floor of the passenger side. And that was from Hecht, right? Exactly. H-E-C-H-T-S. Um, there was a bakery, Muley's yes. Bakery, within Hecht's department store. Correct. So, I believe someone actually saw her there, but we don't need an eyewitness because we know she made it that far. Now, Hex Bakery, Muley's Bakery, was someone there? Was someone there following her after she cashed her check? Uh, Did she ever make it to buy? uh, Didn't she buy a necklace? Is that what she bought for the sister? Well, that's what we've assumed. Now, we have indications that she may not have bought anything. the, the police have 
an interview with someone at the bridal registry and the heck company. And it indicates that Kathy was asking questions about how to set up a bridal registry. Uh-huh. So we, we have a question mark about the necklace. We don't know. And there was no receipt found or anything in the car that indicated that a gift had been bought. There was no card. Did she still have the money from the cash? She either, I think she d- cashed some of the check. And do we, did, what happened to the cash? The cash was not in the car. She, she cashed her check. So before I say that there was a giant cover-up within the Archdiocese Church where she, she had taught for so long, Archbishop Keogh High School, before I claim that, I mean, could it have been Gemma? that somebody saw her with an expensive necklace she just bought, followed her out, or somebody got her after she cashed the check, the money was nowhere to be found. Are those viable options or no? Just I, I, I don't have a dog in the fight. I just want the right. truth. Um, both are possible. We did have the necklace analyzed by a gemologist at a jewelry store um, last year, and he indicated that it was probably one of a number of necklaces that were made more as a novelty for birthstones. And he said at that time in 1969, it was probably worth about $15. So it wouldn't have been high-end jewelry, but $15 to a a teacher who's making $250 every two weeks would be a, a lot of money. So we're not sure about that. Of course, it's possible that someone may have seen her deposit the check. We also know that a young girl from Archbishop Keogh was near the bank in the parking lot with her mom, and they talked to Sister Kathy in the parking lot, and the police had their interview. So we don't know if that was as she was leaving to to return home or to go across the street to the hat company or if it was when she was going into the bank. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Don't let a bad mattress stand between you and a good night's sleep. Lisa Mattress can help. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer incredible comfort and support at every price point. Collectively, their mattresses have over 20,000 five-star reviews. 
Delivery is free, returns are easy, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your own home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress for being our partner. With me also is Shane Crime Waters, Nancy Grace. and podcast are also on the story. The other monster rearing its head in a scenario is a series of claims made, which I believe, I'll just put it out there, I believe these women, regarding sex abuse with Ar- within Archbishop Keogh High School by one of the fathers, Joseph Maskell. What what do you know, Shane? Well, Nancy, I will say I also believe these women, and since the Netflix documentary aired, several more of them came forward. So when when I look at this case, there's there's a few different angles. It's almost like a few different fronts. There's this abuse that's happening. I believe 100% that it happened, and the church covered it up. When I look at this case, I also see the similarities between the Church of Baltimore and the Mafia. And I say that because the Mafia, we know, has influence, they have money, and people are scared of them. And it seems like that's what these women were facing at that time as well. Not only was it the mafia presence, but they also were afraid of the faith, the faith element as well. You know, my family is very religious. They're not Catholic. But I think if I were to ever approach someone and say that I was being abused by someone from the church, that puts a lot of question in my family's faith. And unfortunately, that was what these women were all facing at that time. Um, also, when I'm looking at this case just as an overhead, we can it, it's it's easy to to wonder if Kathy was robbed. We see people being robbed all the time and they don't they don't end up in the same fate that Kathy ended up. So the question, the big question here is, are these events related? And I mean, it's it's crazy. All of these women that were abused, they will tell you we think that this was related because, of course, Prior to Sister Kathy being being murdered, she was saying that she was going to confront these people who were abusing. And it's not that she was just going to be confronting Father Matchkel. She's confronting this this church that that we know protected him, and they are willing to put their selves and their money on the line to protect him. So when when you come up with this scenario, what are they willing to do? to ensure that they not only continue to protect this monster, but to protect themselves because now they're they're they've dug a hole where they've protected him for so many years. You know, anytime abuse would come up against him, they would move him to a different place or they would send him to a facility where they would try to help him or try to get try to try to stray him in a different direction. But after so long, you know, if 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 Sister Kathy would have came out at that time and made a big noise against them, that's a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of influence 
that would have gone down. And I don't see that them being willing to let that happen. To Shane Waters uh, and Gemma Hoskins, the big question is, while Sister Kathy, we don't have evidence that she was molested by the priest, A. Joseph Muskell, she seemingly knew all about rampant molestation, sex molestation in the Catholic school, Archbishop Keogh High School. In fact, isn't it true, Gemma Hoskins, that she, quote, ran interference for one of his molestation victims that didn't want to see him or encounter him? What a horrible, horrible position to be in as a young girl being raped and molested over and over and over at school by the person that when you're in confession, you're literally speaking to God. And you have to see the person at school. And she's apparently one of the victims enlisted Sister Kathy to keep her away from her molester. Correct. So Kathy knew about everything. Was she about to blow the lid? Gemma, what can you tell me about these victims? Well, I know uh, firsthand of three women who, when they were girls, uh, confided in Kathy. And um, the first one I know confided in December of 68, the other two in nineteen in the spring of nineteen sixty nine. Now Kathy left Archbishop Keogh to teach in a public school and to live in an apartment in the spring and June of sixty nine. So for for on one hand the girls felt like she had abandoned them, but my gut tells me that perhaps she and Russell were afraid to stay there. She told her family when they were very dismayed that she was leaving and thinking about leaving the convent. And she told her family that it was more dangerous for her to teach at Keogh than it was to teach in the city in Baltimore, which says a lot. Now, we also are aware from more than one woman that high-ranking politicians and businessmen and police officers were involved in the abuse. This was a prostitution ring. This wasn't just a few girls from Keogh. There were drugs involved. There were sleazy motels involved. And everybody took care of each other. If it goes all the way to City Hall, and it did, then everybody's taking care of each other. The police are taking care of Maskell. The Uh, politicians are taking care of the businessmen and the police. Nobody talks. The police are being serviced, some right at the school, coming in the fire door into Father Maskell's office where drugged and or hypnotized girls were there and money is exchanged. When I think that I was in that building, it makes me so angry that the only thing that divided us from that hell was a one-inch door it's appalling because we knew nothing about what was going on. And we know that I believe much of the, many of the administrators in the building knew what was happening. They refused to talk to the police, the ones that are still living. They've been told by their superiors not to talk and it's not right. Somebody has to blow the whistle. This is not okay. 
And well, there, I, there's a, a, some credence, a fair bit of credence to Gemma's story, because we know that Father Joseph Maskell was a chaplain and counselor there at Archbishop Keogh High School. He had a brother on the police force. And there is no doubt that Sister Kathy knew about the abuse. Not only did he have a brother on the police force, he was a counselor or the chaplain to the force as well. So there are a lot of connections between him and the police. I mean, I'm Methodist. I'm not Catholic. But when I hear about a Methodist minister who has done a horrible deed. I am mortified. I think it, it it's just horrible because that's someone you look up to, that you trust. I consider my minister, uh, who we have male and female ministers at our family church. I consider them not only friends, but confidants and someone that I would go to to pray for or with me in times of need you know it's hard to to take in that someone who is a person of God that we look to that we look up to and I do I look up to them even though I've heard countless stories about this priest did that this preacher did that this minister did and most of them are they're true To think that these young girls were in this position to be raped over and over and over. And Maskell was transferred from one place to the next. And now you've got a dead nun? Gemma Hoskins, isn't it true? You're a senior there at Keogh High School at the time Sister Kathy goes missing, right? Correct. Yes, correct. What was it like when you discover she's not at school today? Yeah. What happened? Well, at the time that she disappeared, she was no longer teaching at Keogh. That's right. She was teaching at Western High School in the city, but we were told that she was missing, that, you know, there were no cell phones and no Facebook, but our our telephones, our landlines, all the girls were all calling each other, and a whole community showed up at her apartment to help search. And you've seen pictures of all the police cars. Well, there were that many families looking as well. We were bewildered. We didn't know that perhaps she just needed to get away. Maybe she, you know, just needed some space. We had no idea what happened to her. It didn't make sense. Well, was she the kind of person that needed space? Well, she kind of made her own space, but we knew nothing about the abuse. So we had nothing to assume. We, none of us knew anything about what was going on at the school except the girls it was happening to. So I'm sure their mindset was very different. And I know that I've heard uh, one woman say that she had confided in Kathy and has felt guilty that she might have been responsible for Kathy's death. So none of us knew what was going on. Well, listen to this. Listen to this, Gemma. Uh, with me, Gemma Hoskins, Shane Waters, Karen Stark, and John Lemley. Guys, listen to this. This is Donna von Den Bosch, who suffered horrific abuse. She actually got a meager settlement with the Catholic Church. She was attacked when she was just 14 years old by the same 
father, Maskell. She had been a bright, uh, excited, happy freshman at the school. And here she is on WJZ describing how she was given a drug-laced soda while she was at a Catholic youth picnic and then raped by Father Maskell and another priest. Listen. He was psychotic. Here's this parish priest that I've known since I was 12. And it's all so confusing. And this would go on for the next three years. She opens up to WJZ telling how she served a drug-laced soda at a Catholic youth picnic and then raped by Father Maskell and another priest. I'm just woozy. I fall down. He lays on top of me. He puts his legs in between my legs to spread my legs apart and rapes me. She goes on to state that at school she would hear her name called over the loudspeaker, telling her to report to Father Maskell's office. She said that sometimes she would go in and be raped, and sometimes he would have a Coke. She would be drugged most of the time and would be threatened. Listen. Sometimes I would go in and be raped. Sometimes he would have a Coke. I would be drugged most of the time. He would keep guns in his top drawer. He would um, threaten me with them. He stole your innocence. Yes. He stole your education. Yes. Did he steal your faith? Yes, because maybe I could have grown up Catholic and been happy. And I had to teach my kids, you just don't trust people because they have a collar on or something. You know, monsters hide. You've seen a monster. Yes, yes. How do you feel about the archdiocese now? This has to stop. People have to take responsibility. I hope they find um, out the terrible deeds that were done and justice be served. I also hope that other survivors hear that you can survive, you can move on. Don't be fooled into silence. So in my mind, John Limley, the fact that the church settled, it wasn't for a lot, but they did make a $40,000 settlement for all the rapes she endured at the hands of uh, Father, and I say that with um dirt in my mouth, Maskell. So to me, that tells me her story is true. Or why would they have settled? And a lot of that didn't take place until 20 or so years later, two decades uh, after the abuse. I think it would be uh, interesting to go back to the the timeline of that early uh, November evening when Sister Kathy disappeared. Uh, to uh, bring a little bit more forward about the case. Now, a few hours went by after Sister Kathy told Sister Russell that she was going to cash her paycheck, um, go to the bakery, maybe do a little shopping. It It's 11 o'clock. Um, a good number of hours have gone by, and so uh, Sister Russell becomes worried. So she calls two of their priest friends who drive over to the apartment, they eventually decide to call the police, and then they wait, and they wait for hours. In fact, at one point, um, they even celebrate 
mass at the at the kitchen or dining room table, um, just hoping against hope that that Sister Kathy just shows up. Around 4.40 the next morning, it's still uh, very dark, uh, Sister Kathy's brand new green Ford Maverick is found with mud on it, unlocked, illegally parked, just diagonally uh, across from her apartment. And this is interesting. The back end of the vehicle is actually in the road. Um, and Sister Kathy had a designated parking spot behind the apartment building, so she certainly would not have parked there. It's it's as if someone wanted that vehicle found, but there was no sign of the nun anywhere. Well, I can tell you this, John Lindley, she did not park that car that way. No, not at all. And it was uh, several weeks, it was months later before uh, on a cold, cold January day, uh, Sister Kathy's body is found by a hunter and his son. It was found in an informal landfill. You know, it was a landfill that was not designated as such. It's just where people went to dump stuff. Uh, It was on Monumental Road in a remote area, uh, a good distance away from Kathy's apartment. And uh, after an autopsy was performed, it was revealed that Sister Kathy died from an intracerebral hemorrhage after a fracture to her skull that was uh, inflicted by a blow to her left temple, uh, they think by a blunt instrument. When Sister Kathy was reported that night, dozens of cops, a half a dozen dog teams searched and searched a wide swath of Baltimore in that neighborhood looking for clues. Headlines in the papers were city police fail to find missing none. And as John Limley is reporting, the next time she was seen, it was a horrifying sight. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Don't let a bad mattress stand between you and a good night's sleep. Lisa Mattress can help. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer incredible comfort and support at every price point. Collectively, their mattresses have over 20,000 five-star reviews. Delivery is free, returns are easy, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your own home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Nancy, thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. Managing diabetes just got a lot easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and or phone without painful finger sticks. You'll always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you when you're heading up, down, or steady. It can even alert you before you go too low or when you're getting too high. 
And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about your food, your medication, your activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time in range and lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one doctor and patient recommended CGM brand at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. There she was, her face covered in maggots. The body of Sister Kathy frozen out in a field. When I look at her in her habit and then in her street clothes, she just looks so alive and so happy and so eager to teach. But it all turned into a, a horrific scene when she was found. Gemma, what can you tell me about another young girl who claims that she was taken by Father Mescal to see as a threat Sister Kathy's body as it lie in this field? Yes, I can clarify something. When Kathy's body was found, there was not evidence of maggots on her face. This has been a real um, issue of of what actually happened. Because it was January, this is horrendous, but I've done research on the life cycle of maggots, and I've worked with the people that run the body farm, which is a research place for um, decomposition. And what I learned was that because it was very warm after Kathy disappeared, when Jean was taken to see her in November, there were live maggots on her face and on her body. Now, in January, there was no evidence of that. But in reading the autopsy, which I have have a copy of, and by the way, Werner Spitz, and we all know who Werner Spitz is, um, he he, uh, explains that there were maggots in her trachea and her esophagus. So that what happens when the weather gets cold is that live maggots burrow deeper to where it's warm. And I have to try and stay objective about this because it's very emotional for me to think that this happened to the person who was my mentor and the reason I became a teacher. Because to think of her in this in this setting is just really difficult for me. But the maggots actually were not on her face. They were inside her body, and that showed up in the autopsy. You know, I find that really interesting, Gemma, what you're saying. But how did the girl get out there, and why didn't she report the dead body? Right. Well, she was taken by Maskell, and this was after she had been abused by him for quite a while. He told her that he knew where Kathy was. Maskell took her to see Kathy's body, and at that time, because it was just a few weeks after her death, after her disappearance, there were live maggots on her face. So Jean is correct in saying that. When Kathy's body was found in January, 
there was no evidence of maggots because it was cold and they burrow deep into organs to, to get warm. Why do you believe she didn't come forward, Gemma Hoskins? Well, she was threatened with her life. Maskell said to her, you see what happens when you say bad things about people. And she was terrified. So she, Jean is the connection between the abuse and the murder. She's credible. I believe her. And when he took her there, it was to ensure her silence because she knew then that he had been responsible in some way for Kathy's death, for her murder. And that was early in his abuse career. So to every single person who had been abused by him, and we know now that that number is over 100, and to any nun at that school who knew about the abuse, everybody closed their mouth. They were terrified because they knew they could be next. And I always believed that that is why Russell did not call the police, because she knew the police were involved. I think that's why she called uh, Kathy's friend, Jerry Coob, and the other, uh, pre the other brother who was a friend, because she didn't know who to turn to. I think it almost proves that the police were involved because Russell kept silent and didn't call the police. But I believe that um, Jean is very credible. There's no way that she could have known that those live maggots were there unless she saw them. Now, here's another twist, another wrinkle. The body of Mascale, who later died with never going to jail, was exhumed. His DNA did not match crime scene DNA. That means nothing to me, John Limley. His DNA did not match DNA at the scene, but for all I know, the DNA at the scene is DNA in the car. It could be on the car. It could be anything. It could be on the paper bag. That does not mean anything to me, Limley. Where did the DNA come from they're talking about? Yeah, the um, the DNA uh, was, was found at the scene. Uh, that's been under wraps a little bit because well, even what so scene? many decades the car the apartment the bank the store the ba the bakery bag the body what what what, what scene there's so there's a, a primary a secondary and a tertiary crime scene here right this was was this was found uh connected with the vehicle and uh surrounding uh Kathy's body there uh, where they found her on that January morning are you sure that's where the DNA came from Jim go ahead because I'm not clear either. Where did the DNA come from? Okay, the DNA came from a cigarette butt, all right? It was found at the crime scene. But at this point, the police have asked me not to share exactly where at the crime scene. That's all I can say. But it was at the crime scene where her body was found. But I can't tell you specifically where because I've been asked not to. So it was where her body was. Yes. And right. um, that's still, that, do, Gemma, no, we've got to keep the integrity of the investigation. Exactly. Gemma, here's the thing. It still means nothing to me because I don't know how that cigarette butt got there. It may or may not be connected. I, you just can't tell me that he was not involved in some way. I will never tell you that because I believe he choreographed the whole thing. Whether he was there or not, we don't know. Yeah, read between the lines. The cigarette butt was at the crime scene. And my, I, my opinion is that it may have been a decoy. Okay. Because it hasn't matched anybody. And so perhaps 
no, these guys were, I think they were in cahoots. They weren't stupid. Maskell was a, was a monster genius. And if he involved thugs, anybody could have thrown a cigarette button there from any place, and everybody would have gone in the wrong direction. Jim, let me ask you a question. What was his personality? Was he charismatic? Was he attractive? I mean, I've looked at him. He's not attractive to me. But why were people drawn to him? Okay. Maskell was charismatic in... He was very brilliant. He was very smooth, smooth talker. To me, he was never physically attractive. Um, people say, you know, who would play him in a in a movie? And I can't think of any. He's not George Clooney, but um, very insidious, always watching. It's my understanding that he would consult with the nurse, the counselor, and the dean each week about what girls were having problems mental, physical, school, emotional, and that would be his shopping list. I hate to say it that way, but that's how he preyed on his, on his victims. Um, girls who were having issues, girls who were upset, girls who were, you know, experimenting with drugs or were having problems at home. He was looking for anybody that he could manipulate. And I'm not saying that all the victims were in that situation, Alan? but he was drawn to certain types of girls that he knew he would be able to manipulate. He would say mass. He did not live at Archbishop Mm -hmm. Keogh. He would come to say mass, and he was the chaplain. The other priest that was there was the head of religious studies, and that was Neil Magnus. He also was abusive. He is actually the first person that some of the girls uh, interacted with in confession, and then he asked them to come to his office. So he and Maskell would abuse girls together. A lot of people knew what was going on, and nobody was talking about it. And I believe Sister Kathy and Sister Russell were the only two that were willing to do anything. Gemma Hoskins, final thought. To me, I'm not religious, but I do have faith, and I do believe in my higher power. But to me, if evil walks the earth, it would have been him pure evil because he could hide behind a a priest's vestments and he could come across as being charming and smart. You know, his professor at, at Hopkins said he was one of the smartest people she ever met and he fooled her because they became friends. And it wasn't until the, near the end of his life that she realized what he was doing. So it's appalling because you know, people believe, well, you do what the priest says, and girls were afraid to tell, and it's a mess. It's a mess. I do believe it'll be solved. I think the police, it boils down to, well, you're a, you're an attorney. It's going to be either DNA, a confession, or an eyewitness, and all three of those are possible right now, and the police are using new technology. They're doing further testing with DNA on evidence that was found at the scene. And I, I believe it'll be solved and probably in the not too distant future. The case of the abduction and murder of Sister Kathy is still open, still unresolved. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. After six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.